As moms in one day, we handle bruised hands, bruised hearts, best friends and bullies, skipping school and not wanting to go asleep, nonstop crying and five minutes later, uncontrollable laughter, not wanting your meals and yet hiding in the closet with candy, and that's just us moms. Then we have to deal with our kids. <laughs> when we are over ourselves, then we begin to face the day with our children. We actually begin a journey from the moment we know that we're going to have a baby. And we have that journey to walk with them. Sometimes, as the song said, it is through fire. And sometimes it's through joyous times and it's through victories. I appreciate um, our worship singers because I was thinking while we were worshiping, I think they mean what they sing. And I can feel that, you know, and it so helped me this morning. And I want to thank you before I forget that. And with moms, our seasons change. Many times they're difficult and many times they're so exciting that we don't know how to contain them. My talk today is a little bit about my personal time with God and what he spoke to me years ago. And it's also about a Bible study I was doing by Beth Moore called Entrusted. I started the Bible study months ago, and it was so deep, to be honest with you. <laughs> there was maps and lives of prophets and lives of everybody and timelines that I started it and I put it away because I thought, wow, I like had to read each page three times like to comprehend what was going on there. But she was trying to give you some background information on some of these people in the Bible. And then the Bible study actually was about being entrusted with the word of God. So I want to start in 1995, which is a long time ago. I would taken Tiffany to college, so Tiffany is pretty old, <laughs> and um, we went down to Lee. She had decided she wanted to go to Cleveland, Tennessee to college, which could be another whole talk, but for another time. <laughs> On my way traveling home, I came to a realization just, I knew it, but you know when you begin to be an empty nester and your children all leave, whether they go to college or whether they move out to go out on their own. I was on my way home and I started thinking, boy, my life just really changed. Dina was at home working, Kristen was at college, and I had just dropped Tiffany off to college. So I started just, Dennis was driving, I just started crying on the way home. And I did that when I dropped Kristen off, too, my first one. And then, you know, she sang a lot, so we had tapes of her singing. And I cried all the way home. And I think it, either Dean or Tiff, I can't remember who was with me, but one of them said, you know, Mom, it might help if you stop playing the tapes of her singing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe. But, you know, I started crying once again, and it was just a real quiet cry. And I know a lot of us look for our purpose in life. God, what is my calling? What is my purpose? I've had so many ladies over the years say to me, I just struggle with my purpose. What's my calling? I don't know what God has for me. And I was doing that at that time. Um, I said to God, I've been so busy with my kids. I think I've been a maid. I've been a chauffeur. I've been a cook. You know, and you want to do all that, all those things with your children. And so I said to God, what 
am I going to do now? What is my purpose since my children are out on their own? And immediately he answered me, not in an audible voice, but in my spirit, in my heart, I heard these words, you're a treasure keeper. Well, that's odd. You know, that's like, you don't say that very often. And I said to God immediately back, I'm a pirate? Like, that's the first thing I thought about. And I thought, well, that can't be God. That's silly, you know. And he said to me back in in my heart again, not audibly, you're to protect your children. They are my treasure. And as I sat there, I just, it was a few minutes before I could even tell Dennis what came to my heart. And I said, God, in my heart, my kids are gone. (laughs) I could understand if you said that when they were babies, and he did. touch my heart to watch over them, but he specifically said to me, you're a treasure keeper, protect your children. So I thought, no, I'm not a pirate, I'm a servant of God, I'm a daughter of the Most High King. And I wanted to tell you about a parable that kind of went along with this for me as I was studying in Matthew 25. There was a master and lord of a property. He was going to go on a long journey. And so he decided, I need to entrust my property to my servants. And so one man, he gave five talents. Most of you know the story, one, two. And to one man, he gave one talent. When he returned from his journey, he wanted to see what they had done with what he had entrusted to them. Two of the people doubled their talents. And when he went to the third that he gave one talent, he said, I was afraid, and you're such a harsh master that I hid my talent. And so the Lord said, you're cast into outer darkness, the Lord of the property. Ladies, we are entrusted today. We need to work to increase the value of our treasure. And it's said in that scripture, He gave them talents according to their ability. So he gives us our treasure according to our ability. They are God's treasure. They are blessings. And they are a lifeline for the gospel and the next generation. I want to share several things from Timothy that speak to treasure also. So these things kind of fell together, this Bible study. And then it reminded me of... God speaking to me, saying that I was a treasure keeper. We definitely do not have to ask two purposes if you're worried about your purpose in life and your calling in life. Christ was called to a purpose to give his life that we could have eternal life. But there was another great purpose for him. And I'm going to take a little detour to John 17. Jesus is praying to the Father and he's asking him to keep the disciples. John 17, 4, it begins, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything that you gave me comes from you. For I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. 
And then dropping down to verse 12, he says, During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name that you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scripture foretold. Ladies, we've been entrusted with the gospel, and we've been entrusted with those God puts in our life to spread the gospel. It reminds me of one lady especially. I'm, I haven't been as good as I can be at that, but I want to be better at spreading the gospel. I always think of Joanne when I think of that because it doesn't matter if she's on vacation at a McDonald's or at Walmart or wherever she is, she is not ashamed to say, well, do you know Jesus? Do you mind if I tell you about him? Joanne, you've been an inspiration to me with that, a complete inspiration. And every time I hear about another travel, it just encourages my heart that much more. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The knowledge of the gospel is the rich truth and its treasure. We have a great responsibility to give the gospel to those who God puts in our lives and certainly into our own children. We are entrusted. We are jars of clay. He is the potter. We have the treasure, the gospel, and this gospel in our children makes them treasure. We are entrusted, ladies. We will never have a greater opportunity with anyone to present the gospel with our words and with our lives than we do with our own children. We've been entrusted. We need to look for opportunities to share with them. I'm not saying my way was the best. Maybe you can think of a little better way. Mine was the Israelites. We have a laugh in our house, and I know Sue is the same way, that every time that I needed the girls to really listen to me, or I saw them going off in a wrong way, or I just wanted them to have a realization, I would say, girls, sit down, I want to tell you something. And most of the time you'd hear, Mom, please, not another story about the Israelites. Seriously, we're going to hear about the Israelites again? <laughs> and they still say that today. I'll say, I want to tell you something. They'll say, is this about the Israelites? <laughs> In the study entrusted, Beth tells about um, Paul, who was trying to encourage and mentor Timothy. And Paul pleads with Timothy all through the stories in 1st and 2nd Timothy to please guard the treasure. In 1st Timothy 6:20, Paul says, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding irreverent and empty speech and contradictions from what is falsely called knowledge. Many claiming to have knowledge today have false knowledge. We need to declare the truth to our children, and we need to know the truth. It sounds so familiar when I read that, that everyone that's speaking is declaring the truth. But Dennis and I laugh sometimes because you'll be watching a TV show, and every commercial is how their news program tells the facts, the truth. And, you know, we've seen how they've lied over the years. So it's just like, okay, yeah, that's the truth. 2 Timothy 1.14, Paul says, Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, 
the treasure which has been entrusted to you. There will never be a greater help to you with your children than the Spirit of God dwelling within you. He will direct you. I can't even begin to take the time to tell the many times that God has directed me with the Spirit of God. Sometimes the Spirit didn't even tell me in my heart. I just would say to the girls later, okay, somebody wasn't where they were supposed to be last night because they would be gone and the Lord would just speak to my heart, go pray. You know, something's wrong. And then later, they would confess, <laughs> okay, I was actually at a football game, but not men or football game. I was at Riverside, and I had to hitchhike home. What? You know, like that. And then there were other times. I remember one time I was asleep, in a sound sleep, and the Holy Spirit woke me up just quickly. And he said to me, go check your children. I got up immediately, and I went through the house. And when I did, I think Dina was three or four years old. She was sitting up in her bed. It was the middle of the night, and there was a little chair that was sat beside her bed. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, I'm sick. And I felt her, and she was like feverish, feverish. And I said, why didn't you come and get me? And she said, because the man in the long white dress said, your mom's going to come get you. I grabbed her up, like quickly ran in the bedroom and told Dennis, we got to pray. And um, I don't know, you know, what child sees a man in a long white dress sitting <laughs> that says, wait for your mom. So I knew it was the Holy Spirit that had woken me. I know some people can be saying, well, I don't have children. This has nothing to do with me. Paul didn't have children either. In 1 Timothy 1.18, listen to how he addresses Timothy. Timothy, my child, I entrust you with this command in keeping with the previous prophecies about you so that by them you may fight the good fight. Timothy, my own son in the faith. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, therefore, my son, be strong in the faith. We need to invest ourselves in a church child. If you see a child and the Lord speaks to your heart, it wouldn't hurt to send them a card. It wouldn't hurt to stop and ask them how things are going. If you know they've been sick, how they're feeling now. Especially if you don't have a child at home, if you're retired and your children aren't there. I know we still, I'm still busy with my children, but we need to take notice of the church children that we've been invested with, and they are treasures to us. I had church moms, even though I had a godly mom that was with me all the time. I remember Faye Cook, she had three boys, and she always wanted a girl. <laughs> so she had us over to bake cookies, brownies, and just to goof off and watch movies with her. And I had the best fun, and I always remembered that. Peggy and Janice Engel were here when Dennis and I were 18 when we got married. I, I know, we were probably pretty much idiots. But we were 18, just out of high school, and we kind of grew up together. But they knew that Dennis loved cars, and he raced cars. So they had us over just to kind of befriend us. And there's so many other ladies in this church that have been a church mom to me. Ladies, there is a pirate after our treasure. It's not your coworker, 
It's not your neighbor. It definitely isn't your mother-in-law, Bob. <laughs> the enemy of our God is Satan. Pirates are deceitful. They don't care about truth. They wait for the perfect time to set you up. They don't want to work on their own. They want to steal what other people have. They want the most valuable treasure they can find. Usually they're in bad health because they're drunken and live in filthy squalor. They don't mind killing. They will take down a whole family or a whole group to get what they want. Sounds like the enemy, doesn't it? We must stay focused and sensitive to the Spirit of God. The more entangled we are in this life, the less faithful we are to what is entrusted to us. The book of Timothy is about protecting God's people from false doctrines, liars, those desiring to teach but never coming to a full knowledge of God, busybodies, desiring to quarrel about words. We must protect our treasure from godless people trying to seduce our children. How are we going to do that? We're going to dig into God's word and prayer and our relationship with him. I thought about my son-in-law, Kevin. He has a rock quarry, and sometimes he blows things up pretty big. <laughs> he puts a dynamite in the walls of the rock quarry and blows it up, and the solid walls of rock fall. Sometimes he gets in special equipment, and he digs his way through it and gets just the size rock he needs. Whatever it takes depends upon the size of God we need. We have to blow up our spiritual life sometimes when we need to. Sometimes we need to dig it out ourselves. Whatever it takes to spread the gospel, ladies, we need to do it. I know some people are saying, my kids are grown. I really failed. Well, make it right with God. Follow God steadfastly. Show how precious he is to you, that he changes you, and that you love your children so much. They'll see the difference. We have so many examples of mothers in God's word who's failed. I'm going to give you a couple of them, and it may surprise you. They're from the um, Hebrews, the 11th chapter. They're heroes of faith. One of them is Rahab the harlot. I'm sure she's made a few mistakes in her life. <laughs> she did help the Israelites, I'm just saying. I... The Israelites are there again. She turned things around for God's people, and then he turned things around for her. She changed her life, and we can too. The other lady is Sarah, the wife of Abraham. She was given a covenant by God at around 74 years old. At around 84, she decided, I'm going to make a plan. This isn't happening. Some of my most devastating seasons were when I made my own plans. Her plan was an action plan. I'm going to give my handmaiden over to my husband. I mean, come on. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody that that's going to work with. <laughs> that's pretty serious. At 99, Sarah received her promise, a, a child, as God had planned for her. She went on to serve God. And then there was another lady, Rebecca, wife of Isaac, led a godly and a submissive life. She had two sons. And she told her one son, who was not supposed to have the inheritance, to dress up like your brother, your dad's eyes are kind of bad, and go in there and get, your, get the birthright from him. I mean, that's pretty controlling. 
We want to be advocates for our children, but we don't want to be controlling. And I think as I read the word, she never got to see him again because she had to send him off so his brother wouldn't kill him. We can't be controlling. We must be spirit-led. Then the two ladies I'm going to tell you about that were spirit-led was Hannah. She prayed and cried and sought God for years for a child. And when she was entrusted with the child, she gave it back to God. I thought about Joanne. I thought about Jane. Can you even imagine we say, I'm going to give my child back over to God, but Jane, can you even imagine at three years old, usually children are weaned at three years old, taking your two girls to a temple and saying, I'm just going to give them right back. That'd be pretty difficult, wouldn't it? But she did it. The other lady I wanted to mention to you was Pharaoh's daughter. We don't often hear about her being an entrusted mom. But if you think about it, God entrusted Pharaoh's daughter with Moses. She adopted him, and she took care of him and gave him the best that there was. She had to go against her dad, who had demanded that young boys be killed. And um, there's mothers here that have adopted, and God, in, God has entrusted you with a special person. God has women everywhere. They're treasure keepers. And I want to end with a story about the Israelites for my daughters and my grandchildren. <laughs> God had brought the Israelites out of the wilderness and provided everything they needed. He showed himself strong. Now they were reminded they were people of devotion and not to go away from God's ways. In Deuteronomy 8, 2 and 6 and then 11, I want to read to you what he said. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. And then going to verse 11, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commandments his laws, his decrees that I am giving you today. The Israelites came out not facing the heartache that they had had, but facing the temptation of abundant resources. Everything would be available to them. While things go well and we have many things, we tend to forget our need for God. His power, his goodness, his faithfulness, don't ever forget he has given treasure to us. The treasure is valuable. He has entrusted us. Walk on the journey with your children. They're God's treasure. And whatever journey your children take, walk and protect them. Keep them close. Guard them with your heart, your prayers, and a righteous tongue. 
Stand firm in the gospel. You are entrusted with a great treasure.